grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and from our risen Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The text, as mentioned earlier, is the first lesson for today from the book of Acts, the fourth chapter. On Easter morning, just a week ago, the church was full. The music was amazing. It was beautiful. The word which was read and proclaimed was inspiring and powerful and the very foundation of our faith. You know, that's a tough act to follow this morning. Our favorite Easter hymns declare things like, the strife is o'er, the battle done. Or love's redeeming work is done, fought the fight, the battle won. The work is done, the battle won. Jesus has done absolutely everything necessary for our salvation. So is it one and done? Or is there more? Did the children's sermon just nail it perfectly? Is there an encore to Easter? We're here today because we believe with all our hearts that Easter isn't over. We're still celebrating today. During these weeks after Easter, we don't have an Old Testament lesson. We have a first lesson from the book of Acts. As you probably know, the book of Acts is really the second text in a a two-volume book by St. Luke, the doctor. In the first book we call The Gospel, Luke gives an orderly account of the, the birth and the life, the ministry, the preaching, the teaching, the suffering, the death, the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. And now in the second book that we call The Acts of the Apostles, we have the story of the beginning of the church. But really, I believe that a a better name for this book, instead of Acts of the Apostles, could be the continuing acts of Jesus in the lives of his people. You see, the church is the encore to Easter. Look again at Jesus' life, his, his actions during those days after the first Easter. We know that he continued to appear to his disciples alive for 40 days, convincing them beyond any doubt that he had risen and he was living. Then he ascended into heaven. And they all saw him go, and yet he promised that he would be with them always, even to the end of the age. Then came the day of Pentecost. When he poured out his Holy Spirit upon them, and those timid disciples received power from on high, they became courageous. In fact, St. Luke used the word bold. He used it over and over again in the opening chapters of the book of Acts. They became bold and they bursted out into the world with with a powerful message. A word of life lived to the fullest in the living Lord Jesus. They did miracles. Thousands upon thousands of people were converted. Lives were completely changed. 
But the world wasn't too happy about that. The people in power got nervous. They couldn't understand what was going on. The only explanation anyone could give was that these people had been with Jesus. And that really troubled them because they were convinced that they had dealt with Jesus once and for all. It was over and done with at Calvary. And now there was all this talk about resurrection. And so the leaders rounded up the ringleaders of the new Christians and commanded Peter and John not to preach, not to teach anymore in the name of this risen Savior of theirs. Well, Luke didn't write a sanitized picture of what life was like for those first Christians. He saw the church living under the power and the protection of the risen Christ, but they also lived under a deadly cross. Because the church is in a hostile world, it will always face hostility and pressure to conform and persecution Jesus warned us that it was always going to be this way. He said, if the world hates you, be aware, it hated me first. I have called you out of this world, therefore the world hates you. So now the church was under an official decree to stop preaching the gospel. To stop celebrating Easter Before Easter, a threat like that would have sent the disciples scampering into hiding. But now they were changed. They just couldn't help themselves. They just had to speak about this risen, crucified, and and now living forever Lord Jesus. Didn't respond to the threats by going into hiding in the upper room anymore. Oh, they called a a joyful prayer meeting. They thanked God for all that he was doing among them. They didn't pray, Lord, save us from that evil world out there. No, they prayed, enable your servants to speak your word with boldness. Boldness to continue celebrating Easter in their words and deeds. See, they were convinced They believed with all their heart that Jesus was indeed risen, that he was with them, that his mission didn't end at the cross, but that it was just beginning. God answered their prayers with a power surge. Luke says, when they finished praying, the place they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. They were filled with the Spirit, and they were filled with a holy boldness to proclaim the gospel to the ends of the earth. That's what the book of Acts is all about. There is the encore to Easter. And so we come to the words of today's text. And Luke described those first Christians this way. He said, all the believers were of one heart and soul. No one said that any of the things that belonged to him was his own, but they had everything in common. 
With great power, the apostles were giving testimony to the resurrection of the Lord, and much grace, great grace, was upon them all. And there wasn't a needy person among them. Anyone who had a house or property went and sold it and laid the proceeds at the feet of the disciples so that it might be distributed to anyone who had need. Things like that continued to happen. When Christians keep celebrating Easter, they are changed. They become Easter people. And so listen to the way that Luke described them. They were one in heart and soul. There was no longer any room for pride or selfishness. There was no time for pettiness or rude, unwholesome talk. They came together because there was work to be done. There was a mission field all around them, beginning right next door and throughout Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. They were to make disciples of all nations. And so they spoke boldly. They gave their testimony to the Lord Jesus everywhere they went in everything they did. And not only did they speak boldly, but they began to live boldly, generously. Celebrating Easter, they realized that they had been given the gift of life, abundant life, eternal life, everything by God's grace. And so much grace, great grace was upon them all. Now their lives and all of their possessions could show forth what they believed. It could demonstrate to the world that they were different, that they were one in this Christ Jesus. It could empower the mission to take the gospel out into the world around them. And so they generously shared everything. How could they do that? Why were they so different than most of the people that you and I know? The only explanation that we could give, these people had been with Jesus. The risen Christ had changed them. They were Easter people. Now, some would say this is totally unrealistic. It isn't boldness, they would say. It's, it's foolishness. Human nature being what it is, they couldn't possibly have given everything that they had for the sake of the cause. But because of Easter, maybe, maybe they remembered the words of the Good Shepherd who said to them, don't be afraid, little flock, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out, a treasure in heaven that will not be exhausted, where no thief comes in and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also." They had a living faith in a risen Lord and Savior Jesus. 
And so they attempted to to live the life that they were looking forward. A life where there was no more poverty or suffering or pain or sorrow or tears anymore. They were generous and gracious because they were living as though they were already in heaven with Jesus. You see, that's where their hearts really were. And they and their generosity became a sign of hope to a dying world that was all around them. They were Easter people. Now that's a tough act for us to follow. But we're Easter people too. Today and every Sunday we continue to come together to celebrate Easter with all of our heart. And Jesus, our risen Savior, comes to be among us in his word and sacraments. He convinces us again and again that he is risen and he is living and that all of his promises to us are true. There is great grace, much grace upon all of us. For we are forgiven of all of our sins. We have the abundant life, eternal life, even now. We are being changed into Easter people, bold people, bold to speak His Word, to give our testimony to the good news of resurrection and life as we go about our business each and every day telling the world, good news! There's hope, there's joy, there's peace, for Jesus is risen. Not only are we bold to speak it, but we're also bold to live it. Bold to to live generously. Celebrating Easter, we recognize, don't we, that we have been given so much. In Easter, we have life. We have abundant life now. We have eternal life. And so we rise above this I, me, and mine. And we, as Christians, live in one heart and one soul. We show the world what we believe. We're a sign of hope to the people around us, to this community, to the ends of the earth. We show them, don't we, that we've been with Jesus. We're Easter people. We're the encore to Easter. These little children who came forward this morning to hear that that word, they're the encore to Easter. This church, our school, is the encore to Easter. You and I are the encore to Easter because Jesus, our risen Savior, continues his mighty, gracious acts among us. And so we come together this morning to celebrate. We're still celebrating Easter. For Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia.
Amen. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.